we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. We know that the people who are dying from this from this uh, disease. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. You've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Friday, the 7th day of January, the year of our Lord, 2022. I am Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? Healthy and alive, I think. Yeah, just kind of today feels like zombification day. It does. Uh, it's a very I slow just, news day. Yeah. I, like, I'm, I'm scrounging yeah. to try and find stuff because it's yeah. just, it's it's quiet. It's like, it's almost like the, uh, it's almost like the stuff we talked about yesterday, like with France. They just come out and they do like this explosive stuff and then it just kind of disappeared. But everything's focused around January 6th, isn't it? That's what this is all about. Yep. There's nothing going on with COVID because we're having a national day of remembrance for the fallen victims of uh, the, the deadly insurrection that was worse than uh, Pearl Harbor and 9-11 uh, rolled into one. And if you think that that's just hyperbole, I'll be playing VP Kamala Harris here in just a minute. But I actually had somebody stop by earlier and they were talking to me about how all this COVID stuff is just mass hysteria and people have gone nuts and they're out of their minds. <laughs> you know, we're, we're going over everything about how forcing this on everybody is wrong and uh, and they're, they're not doing anything about encouraging healthy lifestyles and and things like that. It, it, and we're we're agreeing all the time. And then the person says, but you know what? This day, a year ago, there were five police officers that were murdered at the Capitol and no one's been charged. <laughs> and I just kind of said, boy, you know how you're having like you're just you're just going along and you have that record squeal moment, you know, like everything's great. Yeah. Everybody's laughing. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's agreeing and, and just carrying on with everything. And all of a sudden you hear that record squeal and like everybody just turns and looks. That was that moment. Yeah. That, that was that moment. And I was like, OK, uh, for, first of all, there was one officer that died and it was of a heart attack from natural causes. That that was all. I, I, I don't I don't know what you're you're hearing, but that's uh, that's what happened. And or then maybe 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 it was covid vaccine. We don't know. Maybe it was that. <laughs> we don't know that either. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, it's like you you're going along and then all of a sudden there's that, you know, it's just, it's like what what a mood killer. So that kind of changed the tone of the uh, conversation uh, for the rest of the way out. Are, are they not even aware that there's been over 700 arrests involved in that? And that part's not uh, on the news. that part's not on the news here. I'm, I'm surprised they, they, they don't point that one out. And like 71 have already been convicted. But of course, they don't talk about how many have been released and how many of those cases have been thrown out. But nonetheless, it was the worst. Uh, I, 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 I kind of remember 9-11 having over 3000 dead. Yeah. Um, and, and I do recall Pearl Harbor. Well, I don't recall it, but yeah, I, I don't recall it because it was long before my time. But uh, I do recall reading about what happened at Pearl Harbor. And there's also been several movies made on the matter. And I do believe it was larger than 3000. Yeah. Uh, and lots of 
infrastructure damage and warships uh -huh. and all kinds of damages to, uh -huh. to things, let alone people. And all we've seen on January 6th was one individual killed. And a couple of windows got broken because they were smashed yeah. out. And we also saw the police waving them in, as in like opening the doors for them and then waving them in. Of course, that footage wasn't shown at the, oh, that, that, at the hearing. There was a beer that was stolen as well. Oh, that's you right. Yeah, that's, that. that's right. Yeah, there was a beer yeah. that was stolen out of uh, out of Speaker Pelosi's office. Uh, there there was yeah. that. Yeah, so beer that was stolen. And she can't get that back. So. No, no, she can't. Uh, and then, of course, there was her laptop. That still hasn't been found, has it? Being as none of that data has come out to the public, no. um, I think it was nabbed by you think it was an inside job. Agents. Yeah, you think it was an inside I, yeah. job. I do. I do. If that laptop truly was uh, taken, you would be seeing it on the web, and it's not uh -huh. there. So uh -huh. it, it was an inside job. VP Kamala Harris on the tragic events of a year ago today. Fellow Americans, good morning. Certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. We're not a democracy. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941, September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. Oh. On that day, I was not only vice president-elect, I was also a United States senator. And I was here at the Capitol that morning at a classified hearing with fellow members of the Senate Intelligence Committee. Mm -hmm. Hours later, the gates of the Capitol were breached. By officers at I had left, but my thoughts immediately turned not only to my colleagues, but to my staff uh -huh. who had been forced to seek refuge in our office. Refuge. Converting filing cabinets. Don't say barricades. Into barricades. Oh, God. What the extremists who roamed these halls targeted <laughs> was not only the lives of elected leaders, what they sought to degrade and destroy was not only a building hallowed as it is. What they were assaulting were the institutions, the values, the ideals uh -huh. that generations of Americans have marched, picketed, and shed blood to establish mm. uh -huh. and defend. So the so, ones you've been destroying for the last 20 years. So we've marched, we've picketed. And you, you notice how she's making that about like some workers glorious revolution. It's not about defending ourselves against the evils of fascism in the 20th century. It's not about fighting uh, the Soviets and the evils of Marxism and communism. It's Oh, it's it's been it's been individuals that have marched and picketed uh, to fight for uh, for the workers' revolution. That's what she's making it sound like. Yeah, and um, the only reason I will remember January sixth in infamy is because you lot have been hounding us about how horrible a day it was. When in reality, it just shows how corrupt and how evil you are. So that's what I remember on that day is. Your corruption. Oh, that was painful. That that was just painful listening to her. The, like it didn't even sound good. It, like the presentation of it, it, it didn't even sound good. It's like, yeah. it, it's like she was um, annoyed. Does that sound right? Yeah, 
annoyed, agitated. She didn't want to be there. Uh, that's what it sounded like. Uh, it, it didn't sound like a solemn, you know, this was a terrible time, terrible day. In other words, she's horrible at acting. Again, it's almost like she's gotten that position not because she's has any merit. But anyway, well, she does have merit at some things. None of that she believes. And then, of course, you have, of all people, of all people, you've got Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, who touts the same line. Really? The, the guy's been rock solid on questioning uh, these these buffoons that they stick up there for any kind of like Senate approval or, or whatever. Uh, like he, he's been rock solid on that. And then this, then he comes up with this. I, I'm not even going to attempt to do this justice. Tucker Carlson did a piece on this uh, in his opening monologue. Uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to let him explain it because he does a better job at it. Uh, and he also plays the clip of Cruz in there that we would normally just play on its own. But uh, Carlson does a better job at breaking it down. Remember Ray Epps? He's on video several times encouraging crimes, riots, breaches of the Capitol on January 6th. He was on the FBI website. Now he's gone. Hasn't been charged with anything, apparently. Why is that? That's a real question. No one in Congress seems to care, even supposedly conservative Republican senators. What are they busy doing? Well, they're busy repeating the talking points that Merrick Garland has written for them. Here's one example. Uh, we are approaching a solemn anniversary this week, uh, and it is an anniversary of a violent terrorist attack on the Capitol where we saw the men and women of law enforcement demonstrate incredible courage, incredible bravery, uh, risk their lives uh, to defend the men and women who serve in this Capitol. Now, let's be honest. Everyone who's conservative appreciates Ted Cruz. You may not like him, but you got to appreciate him. He's legitimately smart. He's one of the more articulate people to serve in the Congress, maybe the most articulate. He doesn't use a single word by accident. Every word Ted Cruz uses is used intentionally. He's a lawyer. He described January 6th as a violent terrorist attack. Of all the things that January 6th was, it was definitely not a violent terrorist attack. It wasn't an insurrection. Was it a riot? Sure. It was not a violent terrorist attack. Sorry. So why are you telling us that it was Ted Cruz? And why are none of your Republican friends who are supposed to be representing us and all the people who've been arrested during this purge saying anything? What the hell's going on here? You're making us think maybe the Republican Party is as worthless as we suspected it was. That can't be true. Reassure us, please, Ted Cruz. Well, uh, I'll go ahead and answer that question. Uh, the Republican Party is as useless as we think that it is. And it's been as useless as we think that it is. The, the thing is, is the, the Democrat Party, we already know where they stand. If, if you want to talk about party politics, man, I'm past that. But you know what? I'll, I'll entertain the idea for this case. The Democrat Party, can you or can you not see that they have been taken over by radical Marxist elements? Can you at least admit that to yourself at this point? Can you at least admit that to yourself? If you can't, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't know what to tell you at this point. I don't know what to say to you. The Republican Party is either compromised or neutralized. One of the two, because they're not doing anything, nothing. They're just laying there like bumps on logs. Those morons had more power during the Trump administration than any other Republican Party in our lifetime in the last century. And they did nothing. They did absolutely nothing. They didn't reverse anything. They didn't even introduce any bills to try and reverse anything. They did nothing on spending. They did nothing on education. They did nothing. And when I say nothing, I'm talking about throwing it all out as in canceling these organizations, canceling these bureaucracies, throwing everything out, everything in the kitchen sink, 
should have been thrown out immediately and nothing was done. Nothing was done. Instead, you got, well, we're going to introduce a bill to try and phase out the IRS over the next 26 years. Yeah, that's going to gain some traction. The easiest way to do that is just sign an order firing all of those people and shutting it down. Hate to sound cold hearted here, but uh, well, look at what we've done with uh, these vaccine mandates. Same thing, isn't it? So Ted Cruz takes that standpoint which I don't understand, but okay, whatever. It, it, nothing surprises me out of the Republican Party these days. Then I hear Rand Paul say, <laughs> which Rand Paul has been really good at at least questioning Fauci, if nothing else, at least at, at least questioning the fact of where all this stuff has come from. And you know what? There's Quite frankly, there's a lot that's going on with Fauci behind the scenes that I didn't know until today. Uh, and it's shocking. But that that's not the issue. Rand Paul now says, well, if the uh, if the GOP retakes the Senate, I'll investigate Fauci. What? If the G- if the GOP retakes the Senate, they're not going to do anything. They're not going to do anything at all. So why don't you just open your investigation now? Go, go miles deep on this guy. Get everything you've got. Dig out everything you can on the on this guy and put it to the American people. Why don't you do that? I mean, we already know what this guy's up to anyway. I mean, my God, if I taking my cases that I took to state and federal prosecutors back in the day, if I could take half of what I had to get convictions on criminals, if I could take half of what I had on these people to any prosecutor, it'd be a slam dunk. It'd be more than a slam dunk. I would package everything up and say, here you go. And they would say, my God, we don't have to do anything. We just need a guilty verdict at this point. I wish that I had this much on criminals back in the day when I would put criminal prosecutions together. I wish that I had this much on these people. And this is just stuff you find on the surface. This is just running down paper trails that that Bruce and I dig through. This is just running down all their papers and all their funding uh, records and and their their filings and everything, uh, their patent filings and everything else. That's it. That's it. The paper trail leads back to them. The, The thing about America is when you do business in America, no matter what it is, whether it's legit or nefarious, either one, in the United States of America, somebody's name has to be on a piece of paper somewhere. There's no getting rid of the paper trail. Going forward, they're trying to get rid of the paper trail. But as it sits... They've already started. Well, they've already started, yeah. But as it sits right now, running down what these people's connections are is as simple as following a paper trail. That's it. You find one road you want to go down, and then you start looking for cross connections and you start making cross connections to what you're after. And that will lead you onto another paper trail and another and another and another and another until eventually you find the entire web that they have created for themselves. And that's all they've done here with COVID and with uh, with this January 6th nonsense and all the rest of it. Every single house of cards that they have built is nothing more than a simple matter well, it's, it's, I shouldn't say a simple matter because it's it's mind-boggling. But <laughs> running down the paper trail, that's all you have to do. So uh, running down the paper trail, I'll add this in a little tidbit, just a side news note. Venmo, PayPal, and uh, the Cash App, they're all reporting to the IRS any transaction over $600. So if you do a transaction sending or receiving of $600, that information is now sent to the IRS. That started one week ago. So congrats, guys. Uh, You're now being tracked if you use those. Ted Cruz, what the hell are you doing? Using the terminology uh, terrorists, that now means you can use the Patriot Act to surveil American citizens without a warrant. And as Tucker said, he intends 
But like every word he uses is intentional. It has a purpose, a meaning. So why then did you just call them terrorists? Because I, I, I fail to, I fail to see them as anything other than rioters. Uh, because if it was an insurrection or a terrorist, they would have had weapons. The groups that were there, the MAGA types, uh, they have guns. They have a lot of guns. Uh, if they were there as a terrorist group or an insurrection, you would have seen them in full kit with guns. And it would have not have been a, just this knocking over barricades, breaking windows and, and whatever. Kamala saying that they were at targeting uh, Congress people. Uh, I'm sorry, how many of them were assaulted, killed? Uh, if this were a true insurrection or terrorist attack, um, there would have been dead police officers. There would have been dead Congress people. Bruce, there were dead police officers. <laughs> there, there were there were five officers yeah. that were murdered that day. I heard it this afternoon. Yeah. Somebody stopped by and they told me about it. They told me all about it. <laughs> all of which have been de debunked as um, either dying of nat natural causes or well, whatever. I, I mean, I'm surprised or yeah, suicide. Um, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't talk about the, the, the one guy that was whining about being stuck between other oh, law enforcement God. officers and we the saw protesters the video. and being why didn't they? Yeah. Why didn't they play that video when he was testifying? Why didn't they yeah. play that? That, that yeah. would have been that would have been amazing. He was screaming and whining because he was getting crushed in between a door and a protester. Yeah. Yeah. And what was funny about the whole incident is it wasn't it wasn't the protester that was smashing him. It was the other law enforcement officers. It was I the mean, other cops. And the only thing the yeah. protester did was he, he took he did take the officer's uh, gas mask off. That's all he did. Yes. He, he did pull that off, which I mean, when when you have a tyrannical government, I have difficulty being against the protesters or the rioters when they're targeting those individuals. I, I have difficulty. Um, no, I, I can't even I, I, I violence isn't the answer. I have to say that because of TOS and we'll put it at that. It's only because of TOS. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wirebrush. Wirebrush. That, Wirebrush. Exactly. Yeah. Wirebrush. Wirebrush. Yeah. <laughs> All yes. right. You know what? I'm not going to give this uh, th this nonsense any more time today. I just thought that we would play some clips of some of the absurdity that's being said. Uh, I I'm not going to entertain any more of this, uh, th this lunacy that these morons are engaged in. Uh, I like to think that we're of higher intellectual prowess than that. So they can have whatever it is they're doing. But quite frankly, you people are a disgrace. Those of you that are out there talking like that, VP, don't give me this BS about respect the office. That individual that is occupying that office is a disgrace to the United States of America and its people. She's a disgrace. That's all I'm going to say on the matter. Now, I'm trying to figure out whether or not the French National Assembly, which we, we talked yesterday about what's going on in France, we're trying to figure out whether or not this actually happened. I heard this morning that the French National Assembly passed the COVID pass, the, the new vaccine pass going forward, which several outlets are reporting that. And then I saw today, later on this afternoon, that the French National Assembly rejected the vaccine passport. So quite frankly, I don't know what's what. I don't know what's what. I don't know if they passed it. I don't know if they didn't. Quite frankly, if it's the French, no disrespect. But if it's the French, they probably did both because that's just what the French do. So I, I don't know. I saw that it passed uh, for uh, they it passed like 293 to, to 47 or something like that, whatever their numbers are. But it was high. And then today 
I saw that it was uh, it was rebuked uh, and they didn't pass it at all. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I really don't have any idea. But to give you an idea of what this legislation is, this is going to change the vaccine passport into uh, like a digital pass, which that's that digital wallet. That's what they need you to take, that kind of thing. We know that they need to segue and they need to pivot on that somehow. But uh, they're having a little bit of trouble now because they're saying, oh, no, you need boosters. So <laughs> you're going to have to continue to get injected to to keep your pass there. Uh, the proposed legislation would introduce harsher penalties for forging vaccine passports, which has become increasingly widespread as of late, with those caught facing up to five years in prison and up to a 75,000 euro fine, which is about $85,000. Uh, but what's been characterized as a coup in the French media is a coalition of lawmakers who joined together to refuse to examine the bill on Monday evening, which, okay, great. You know, you shouldn't even entertain that idea. You shouldn't even be looking at that. Anything that segregates against your own population for whatever reason, whether it's this or anything else, you reject it. That's not who we are in the West, as Bruce stated yesterday. Now, I guess they're going to uh, come back and, and try and do something else. I, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't know if it passed or if it failed. I don't know. I've seen uh, an armload of reports on both sides. What the hell are you supposed to believe in this this nonsense? Uh, I would I would argue that that is part of the plan. Confusion. That's uh, a tool of the enemy. It is. But you know what? When I was searching for that, I typed in to try and confirm because I, I had both conflicting reports. So I thought, OK, I'll just launch into my like search engine options here and see what I can come up with. I started to look at that. So I typed French vaccine health pass or, or something like that. That's what I typed into the search engine, uh, into DuckDuckGo. That's what I used. And the first result I got was from the U.S. State Department on what to do to get a French health pass. That was the first result that I got. So I thought, you know what? Just out of just out of sheer curiosity, <laughs> just out of sheer curiosity, because the French can't seem to figure things out. So, I mean, that's a discombobulated mess. And the United States government certainly can't figure anything out. That's a discombobulated mess. So what happens when you have a, a bastard love child of the two? So let's find out. Right. <laughs> let's let's find out. So I went on the page and this is what you have to do if you're a U.S. citizen and you want to get a health pass in France to use in the French system. Okay. So this is what you have to do. Pay off the right doctor. Oh, wait. It's well, it's it's pretty much that. Yeah, it's, it, you'll see that here in just a second. As of October 31st, the French government has changed the method in which U.S. citizens and other people vaccinated outside of the European Union may obtain a French health pass. Again, this is from the U.S. government website. This is the State Department. Under the new system, the health... Well, yeah, until they change it again. The new health pass will be obtained from designated pharmacies for a fee of up to 36 euros, which is close to $50, by the way. Not only do you have to pay for that, then you also have to pay for the test and you know everything else that goes along with it. The list of designated pharmacies is available on this website, and then they give a link there. Uh, it leads you to a French website. Travelers will need to have their passport and their original paper version of their vaccination record. The vaccination record will need to show the traveler's name, date of birth, vaccination date or dates, the number of doses, and the country where the vaccination occurred. Is everybody with us so far? For travelers who are unable to convert their health pass, a temporary 72-hour health pass can be obtained with a negative COVID test performed in France. A rapid antigen test, uh, rapid antigen tests are available on a walk-in basis at many local pharmacies with results in under 30 minutes. Just hang out here. It's fine. It's not like you have to be anywhere. It's not like you can go anywhere. Just stand there for 30 minutes. Yeah, it's no problem. 
These results, for your convenience, I'm adding that part, include a QR code that serves as a temporary pass. Once the pass expires, a new test can be taken, which you'll have to pay for, to obtain a new 72-hour pass. And they also list a little footnote here. It says, be aware that in order to convert the non-EU vaccination into a French health pass, travelers over the age of 18 must have been fully vaccinated with the Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, or AstraZeneca vaccines outside of the European Union, Iceland, Liechtenstein, Monaco, Norway, Switzerland, England, or Wales. This is strictly a French government procedure. Despite what some pharmacies have told travelers, the U.S. Embassy has no access to the French system. That part's true. Uh, nor can we assist in this process. Again, that part's true. Basically, when you walk into a U.S. Embassy abroad, they have no connection to what's going on with the government or the laws or anything like that. You're literally walking back into the United States when you walk onto a U.S. Embassy. So U.S. law applies in there. Nothing of what goes on in there. It, not, not even the authorities from the country that the embassy's in can go in there. It's it's that it's that serious. Uh, in the meantime, of course, yeah, in the meantime, in the meantime, if you are in France or coming to France imminently and need a health pass, please be advised that the rapid antigen tests conducted in France, which are, again, are available for your convenience on a walk-in basis at many local pharmacies, serve as a health pass valid for 72 hours, which, of course, you will have to pay for. Doesn't that sound convenient? Bruce, don't you want to travel? Don't you want to go to France? Isn't that isn't that great if you're if you're an American and you're just like, you know what, I'm just going to wake up. And I'm going to go shopping in Paris today, uh, but I'm going to need to go through all this first just to be on the safe side. Yeah, um, unfortunately, I'm 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 torn. So would I like to tour Europe? Sure. Would I tour Europe with these kind of regulations and restrictions? No, but that fits into the narrative of the Great Reset. So I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of stuck in a rock and a hard place. Do I get a do I get a Q-tip shoved up my nose every 72 hours to do that? Which to, to even get over there anyway, you have to be vaccinated. So it's not worth my time. I'm not going to take the risk. I'm not taking the gamble. And unfortunately, that fits the narrative of the Great Reset. So I'm I'm kind of in a rock and a hard place on that one. Well, yeah, uh, it is it is kind of a pain over here. But then again, they're now pulling the tests for even. I think that's that's outdated information because they're pulling the tests to get into places now. They're slowly starting to take links out of that chain from the vaxxed. So as in, like, if you're not uh, if you're not boosted, then OK, you can't get in, but you can still take a test in some places. But they're now pulling that. So that's not going to work. That that's not going to work. Those those tests and, and everything with this vaccine pass that they're wanting to convert here in the next few days or, or a couple of weeks, then that's not going to work either. But I, I'm confused about that. I, I'm literally confused about that because they're saying we're ordering all these tests. We're ordering hundreds of millions and billions and whatever of the, of these tests that nobody knows what they're testing for and nobody knows where they're made. I mean, that kind of should be important, don't you think? Are we making them? Or are the Russians making them? Are the Chinese making them? Because quite frankly, if you look around at these uh, home test kits that you get, has anybody ever looked at those? Have you looked at them? And I mean, taking a really good look at them. I was at a shop. Uh, I want to say it was a couple of weeks ago. And they had these things. They, they had these home test kits. And I'm not taking a COVID. I haven't taken a COVID test. And I have no intention of taking a COVID test. I, I'm not going to play their sick little game. If you have to, you want to, okay, fine, whatever. But that's not me. Sorry, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But I decided because these tests were like a dollar or, well, one euro 80 or whatever it was. And I thought, okay, all right, whatever. I'll buy one. 
because I want to see what's in it. I, I want to see what's in it. I want to see what is in there that they say, you can get these home test kits. They're cheap. You, know, you can take them home. You can you know, use them to prove whatever. Okay, fine. So I bought one and I didn't even pay any mind to it. I just asked the, the lady there at the counter. I said, just give me one of those COVID tests back there. So she puts it up there. It was like $1.80 or Euro 80 or whatever it was. Uh, and I paid. I stuck it in the bag and I, and I left. Well, I get it home. And I'm looking at the, I take it out of the bag and I'm looking at the box and I just kind of toss it on the counter. I'm like, all right, I'll deal with that in a little bit. But as I'm looking at it, uh, I pick it back up later and I'm looking around. And I'm like, uh-huh. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's in German. It's in English, you know, all the instructions and everything. Okay, fine. And then I flip it over and it says, okay, verified by the German, uh, whatever health ministry or whatever. And it's uh, by the whatever, uh, Robert Cook Institute, which is like their CDC here. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. So I look on the edge of the box. It's like it, it's in this thin paper box. I look on the edge of the box. Where do you think it was made? It was made from a Shengzhou factory in Beijing, China. It went straight in the garbage. Th- this this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. D- do people not understand? Do you not understand? Do you not see it yet? I can't help you if you don't. There's nothing I can say to you if you don't see it at this point. D- does anybody not even question? Like, what d- does it do? The tests have to come from there. They're laughing at you, San Francisco teachers. We talked yesterday about the Chicago teachers. San Francisco teachers are going to, quote, shut the whole system down in an Omicron sick out. Teachers in San Francisco's Unified School District are planning a sick out on Thursday to protest what they say is the district's failure to protect them from the Omicron strain of the coronavirus. Hundreds of teachers are planning to call in sick, potentially disrupting schools, echoing the Chicago Teachers Union. Uh, The informal strike action by members of the United Educators of San Francisco comes as the union is encouraging, or excuse me, comes as the union is engaging in collective bargaining with the San Francisco Unified School District over coronavirus metrics. Yeah, collective bargaining. Bruce has been great, hasn't it? Collective bargaining? Yeah, that should be something that's guaranteed by the U.S. Constitution. But it's not. I'm being completely facetious. Yeah. Um, Yeah, collective bargaining. That sounds, uh, sounds... Sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? Collective. That's straight out of the Marxist revolution is collective bargaining. Richard Tremka, who said that the uh, the Bill of Rights was merely a charter of negative liberties and the founding fathers were nothing more than selfish aristocrats that had no concern for the common man. Uh, he said that we need to confirm or we need to um, we need to what, what did he say? We need to require that we have guaranteed rights in a new constitution, among which were housing, healthcare, and collective bargaining. All the talking points in California. Um, yeah, pretty much, yeah. You know, uh, what was it? Doctors should have the right to uh, prescribe you a, a house? Yeah, yeah. That was uh, Governor Gavin Newsom. He said uh, doctors should be able to prescribe houses the same way they do for antibiotics. So, uh, okay, let me let me see. Um, you're, uh, you're a junkie that lays in the gutter and, and shoves needles in your arm all day. You know what? I'm going to write you a prescription here for uh, a three bedroom, two and a half bath. Uh, is that going to be good enough? That should cover everything, right? Uh, and then, and then we're gonna we're gonna have the clinic. You have to stop in the clinic down the street. They're going to write your prescription for uh, all of your utilities. Include. Do you need Wi-Fi? Do, do you need Wi-Fi there? Because I think I think we can write your prescription for that one too. That's the level of insanity. You know, I I know we're being facetious on this one, but there is there is an element of this that is things that we're going to have to actually talk about in the near future uh because as as things become more digitized and automated um as as 
people continue to refuse going to work. That, that That's actually part of the problem now in some of these red states is that We're businesses aren't still. able to. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're having difficulty having, uh, you know, hiring people or keeping people uh, because why go to work when I can stay home and, and continue getting paid by the government the same amount of money or roughly the same amount of money for doing nothing. So this is it's going to have to be we're, we're going to have to look at this in the near future with automation and everything. It's going to come to the point to where not only are you we're going to be running short on workers, that's not going to be the problem anymore. It's going to be the problem of you're not going to find any work because it's all going to be automated. Everything a human can do with basic tasks um, like, you know, flipping patties, answering a phone, uh, you know, like entry level retail, jobs, all the entry level jobs can be automated at all of them. Uh, even even some of the more uh, difficult jobs, like, for example, doctor. Um, healthcare you're gonna have an ai do all that you come yep. in you tell the ai what your symptoms are it'll do some tests and then the ai will determine what the problem is uh and what you know best fits your and what to prescribe based <laughs> on you i gotta stop you there because i can already tell you how that's gonna go who did you vote for in the last election uh, I'm, I'm sorry uh, what what is your what is your latest social media posts say about you oh you're not on social media i think we're done here have a nice day yeah, uh, assuming okay, assuming it's run by an AI that has not been programmed that way, it won't be a problem. That 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 would mitigate that. But you know, Silicon Valley, who runs Silicon Valley? Uh, yeah, it's all left leaning. The wokeness, the wokeness exactly. The wokeness is doing so. And that very well. You, you you don't have the proper social credit scoring or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that goes right along with what I saw yesterday coming out of China. You know, China's doing lockdowns again because, boy, there's just Omicron everywhere over there. So they're locking millions of people down. Uh, Xi'an province, it looks like. Uh, Xi'an province. Authorities in that province have blocked all negative, I'm doing the air quotes, negative posts on social media because there have been, I guess it's some kind of a backlash. I guess the Chinese people are not happy about being locked down. 13 million people have been locked down for two weeks and they're not even allowed to leave their houses to get food. And apparently this makes some people very angry. Of course, I don't know why you can't leave your house to get food, let alone anything else. Uh, authorities are finding it increasingly difficult to paper over the popular outcry, apparently. I guess they're having some kind of a problem with that. Authorities in the northern Chinese city uh, in, in uh, Beijing, or excuse me, in Jian, sorry, that's the city, it's not a province. My, my apologies. Um, they have banned uh, negative news on social media as residents took to Weibo, which is WeChat, uh, and other platforms to complain about their present circumstances. Well, if you're on Weibo over there, they pretty much run everything that's on there. That's monitored in real time. The citywide lockdown, believed to be the most brutal since the original spring 2020 lockdown in Wuhan, has left many stranded at home without enough food without and without access to medical treatment. Unfortunately, they're going to have to keep those complaints private uh, because the, they're going to really make the, uh, the powers that be. They're going to be really angry uh, if they continue on. This is a quote from... Uh, uh, it look, looks like Radio Free Asia uh, put this up. From January 4th, people are banned from posting details of the pandemic restrictions 
or information about the road situation, videos, links, many apps or photos of the situation, particularly negative news. The municipal government said in a mass text message to the city's 13 million residents. So the government, the city government actually told their residents that there is background surveillance operating on all WeChat groups, meaning they're watching it in real time. And any negative news will be deleted as soon as it's sent. Please bear this in mind and pass the message on. Can you imagine that that's coming here to the West? Can you imagine that that's coming here? By the way, how do you think the Chinese Communist Party are able to do that? You can thank the American and Western telecom companies that went over there and jumped in bed with them, mainly Broadcom and Cisco System. Radio Free Asia reports that the message was triggered by a wave of public dissatisfaction and online complaints as people have just have been prevented from leaving their homes to buy groceries and basic necessities. Maybe that's because the stores don't actually have any food. Just guessing here. That's because they actually what I was going to point out is if you're if you have a food shortage, uh huh, um, which they do, and you don't care about human life, which they what, don't. What's what's one of the ways that you correct that food shortage? Uh huh. If they Just were to openly come out, people. yeah. If if the Chinese Communist Party were to openly come out and say that they only harvested 40% or a little over 40% for the year. So they're not going to have enough to feed more than half of their population. If they publicly said that, what do you think would happen to the Chinese Communist Party? The Chinese people would rise up and hang them. They know that. They know that. So we have to lock down these, these populations because of pandemics. And well, while everything's locked down, well, we can't get supplies to you. So I mean, it's, it's not our fault. It's not our fault. We need you, the people, to do your part to help us to help you to get back to, to normal. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Does that, does that sound familiar like what we're dealing with here in the West? Just like in Wuhan, many have been turned away from hospitals for medical treatment because they come from high or medium risk areas. So they're rationing care now again. Instead of allowing complaints to fill up on social media platforms, the local government in Xi'an is running a high profile propaganda campaign to remind people of the efforts underway to bring shipments of fresh food to the residents. Does that sound like pure Marxist propaganda to you? That sounds like something right out of the local Politburo. That's what it sounds like. Something right out of uh, right out of the central government that's been handed down. See, do your part. Do, do your part. Efforts are underway to make sure that we get what you, the people, need. Does that sound familiar again? Does that sound like what we're dealing with here? Basically the same thing. Yeah. Equate that to these these out of control sycophants that we've got running things. Some residents have been pressed into service of this campaign. Radio Free Asia managed to get its hands on a clip of a family receiving a delivery of food and drink before being asked to thank the government by the agents who delivered the shipment. Bruce, would you thank the government if they brought you food like that, food and drink? Would you thank them publicly in front of everybody, in front of the TV cameras, the news cameras? Mr. Government's no. bad and K. You wouldn't? No. 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 Uh, even even the middle of a crisis. No, I'm I'm not thinking of the government. I might think the individual uh, because that's you know common courtesy. Well, kind well of the a officer, thing, you know. Yeah, the officer but, that dropped it off yeah. said this to the uh, to the person who was receiving the aid. Um, they said to the person, "You should thank the government." And then, of course, uh, mm. the, the officer saying that to the person. And then, of course, the person in front of the camera there says, "Thank you, government, for your care." Thank you, the resident replied after receiving just a, a single white radish, three potatoes, six carrots, and two onions. Wow, that sounds like that would last them one whole meal. Yeah, yeah that's, that sounds, sounds about right, especially mm. if you had a family inside. Yeah, yeah. 
No, uh, under those, uh, since you uh, clarified under that scenario, I probably would have been hauled off to the gulag at that point or executed right right there in the street. Given a COVID vaccination. I mean, right, right there in the street. Yes. You know, one of those right, 100% right there, yeah. efficacy ones, one of those. Yeah. Yeah. One Xi'an residents said to, uh, said the authorities want to put people's complaints on mute. They want to put us on mute so that we can't talk about anything negative regarding the pandemic restrictions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would venture to say so. Another resident complained that the government can silence people, but it can't fool them. That part's true. That part's true. Do you think the people in North Korea are actually fooled? Oh, some of them are. Some, some of them are. The ones that are the... Uh, nah, but the, I don't, you, you think, don't they're think? No, I don't I don't think they're no, fooled. The inner party members? The ones that are truly yeah, indoctrinated? The, party, the ones that are truly indoctrinated, they don't think it's really the better way. What they think is, oh, yeah, they can't. this is a nice lifestyle. For them, yeah. And I want to keep my lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And you know so what? I'm going to play along with this. You hear, you hear the, um, uh, you hear a lot of the uh, the old uh, the old Soviet times uh, uh, bureaucrats and and politicians from back then. You hear them refer to that, and you've seen it in Hollywood movies, and they actually refer to it like that. That's not just a metaphor. They actually refer to it as the good old days. The good old days. Do you know why it was the good old days? It was the good old days for them. They ran the show. They were the thugs. They were the organized crime. Do you know why there's no organized crime under authoritarian governments? Because the government is the organized crime. That's why. Why do you think the mafia fled? To, why do you think the wise guys fled to the United States? Because the government at the time was not the organized crime. The government in Italy was the organized crime, so they couldn't do business. So they went to the U.S. That's a true story. But this, this... Yeah, of course. Yeah, the Marxist revolution. Oh, yeah, you're right, Bruce. They actually don't believe it. But there are party followers. Um, maybe not the inner party members, the, the party followers. Yeah, they believe it, of course, because they're given the special privileges. They're given the special privileges. They they get all the stuff. They get the movement. They get the uh, the parties and they get the uh, the extra food rations and all the rest of it. Yeah, sure. Sure. It's good for them. But it's the lifestyle that they're trying to preserve. You're absolutely right. That's what it is. Yeah, because that, that's exactly what I see. Uh the 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 one chick they were trying to confirm uh have confirmed to the uh, the tennis player the, no no the 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 lady that was from Russia uh that happened oh. to be here in the U S when it oh, collapsed yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the they were uh, the, they were, um, the one at Kennedy said didn't what, know whether to call her professor or comrade yes, yeah that one yes that one uh, I forget which what she was what position she was filling because comptroller the of the currency that's what, that's what it was what it was that's what it was yes. She's as close as you could get to an actual believer. But if you listen to her testimony in that and, and her how she describes the lifestyle and everything, I, I think it's exactly what we're saying here. She was addicted to the lifestyle. And the only way to get that lifestyle that she believed was the correct way and and in her head justified it because everyone else you're justifying it in your head that everyone else is provided for. And yet you're living this lavish lifestyle. So. Of course, that's a good lifestyle. Yeah, I get to live like a king or a queen that everybody else is provided for. Yeah. Do, do you remember Besmanov? When, when we played the, the interview of Besmanov, he said, why on earth would I defect? He says, I, I'm living a, a life of luxury at his level. He was, a, he was a, a propaganda advisor for the KGB. Why on earth would he defect? He, he lived in luxury, he said. He said he, in India, he lived in a luxury apartment in luxury accommodations that even the Indians weren't allowed to live in. They weren't allowed to go to those places. He said, I would have to be absolutely insane to want to give up that lifestyle. But he did it. He did give it up. And that's honestly, 
I don't know how you compete against that idea when somebody's or how you get someone out of that idea, because those party members that that are living those lavish lifestyles, what do you think they do to earn that? You know, because under a capitalist system, under a free market, you have to do something to get something right. There's a transaction under communism. The party members, they don't really have to do anything. They just get the stuff for uh, saying the narratives, right? They're not actually doing anything that's really benefiting anyone. So I, I don't know how you change someone's mind in that scenario, or if you can. You can't. You, you can't. They're they're the ones that are the they're like they're the diehards. There's no way you're going to be able to change that. There, there's no way you can change that mindset. They're lost. How is it put? They're contaminated, as in demoralized and, and everything else. There, there's no way that you can change it. Uh, the types of um, uh, excuse me, the uh, the likes of like Bernie Sanders. There's no way you're ever going to change Bernie's mind on anything. There's no way. You're ever going to get to him to, to come to a, any kind of an agreement on anything. He's set in his ways and that's it. And I'm not talking Bernie. just specifically about him. That's that's an example. I'm I'm saying his kind, his his type. Right. He, he won't move. Bernie, though, for his kind, I think he's so buried under lies and deceiving uh, his constituents that those types of people, they can't change their mind because then the truth would come out. The, the, the problem with Bernie is he's so corrupt. I mean, they're they're milking everything that they can. Uh, like they bust out colleges. That's their favorite thing to do. They, yeah, they, they bust out colleges. Well, then, then the other thing they do is you run a presidential campaign. And then who's your who, who's the one that does the political ads for you? Who's, your who, who, either your family or in the Bernie's case. Uh, one of the family friends that literally has the same uh, like lives next door to them. And then it's all it's all a scam. Yeah. And then you sell out for a book deal and a and a private lake island. Yeah. So they, they can't change. The, they, no. they can't because then all that all that comes to light and it exposes them for the, the, the corrupt rat that they are. But that's what communism is. It's just a, it's a collective of a, a, a bunch of rats. That's all it is. They're not actually. They don't care about the people. You'll you'll have the diehards, the groupies uh, that that uh, try to change, you know, to, to to bring in the revolution, you know, to bring in the change. They're all executed. They don't get to see the fruits of their labor. And then the ones that are in place after that are just corrupt oligarchs. They're just dictators themselves. It's unreal, man. It's unreal. All right. Uh, Kazakhstan. We talked about Kazakhstan yesterday. There's something that, you know what, there's something else that's going on there. We saw some photos yesterday and we posted those up on our Telegram page. Hillary Clinton back in 2010, shaking hands with the current president of Kazakhstan. And then you had Biden and Hunter both in photos with Kazakhstani, uh, Kazakhstani uh, oligarchs posing with them, probably around the same time, if I had to surmise, maybe a little after. But that's not what caught my attention. That I mean, that was bad enough. I mean, that, that, that right there shows that there's something else going on in there. The price of uranium yesterday because of something with Kazakhstan. I, I'm assuming that that's a uranium hotbed for like mining the raw material because the price of uranium yesterday shot up over 12%. Could it have been that FEMA report that came out as well? It could have been. There's a uh, there's a FEMA report. We looked at the uh, the documents. We haven't gone over it yet because it's 250 pages. It's a uh, it's a war game. Uh, it looks like the, of what they've done. They've now commissioned an investigation. The FEMA have commissioned an investigation 
to link January 6th with a nuclear detonation inside the U.S. Are, are you kidding me? Are, are you serious? You, you were right, by the way. About what? The tons per unit. Yeah. Kazakhstan the price- is like four times. They're like three to four times the, the, the world producer. Uh-huh. That's starting and, to make uh, a little bit more sense. Yeah, and and between 2011 and 2020, I would I would guesstimate the average about 20 to 21,000 tons of uranium. Uh-huh. And it just so happens that you've got countries that are um, well, they're not expanding their nuclear arsenal, they're modernizing them. That's that's all they're doing. And then you also have the European Union who has now said that nuclear energy going forward is quote, green energy. So now there's going to be a mad dash on who can mine the most, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Now it's starting to make a little bit more sense. Yeah. They're they're literally, um, it looks like 2016, about, well, uh, really, it's, it's, they're almost half of the world's production uh-huh. of uranium. Uh-huh. Kind of like uh, Afghanistan is basically the world's new uh, honeypot for uh, uh-huh. lithium. Uh-huh. Now it's yeah. starting to make a little bit more sense what's going on over there. Yeah, to give you an idea, uh, last year they they mined 19,477 tons. Uh, Australia, who is the next runner-up, they mined 6,203. So it's three, they, they mined three times more there. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, uh, so that, that's, what's, that's what's going on over there. The Russians have said that they're going to send in some peacekeepers. <laughs> the Russia, Russians are going to send in some peacekeepers. And they say that um, the, uh, let, let me get the exact quote here. Uh, the CSTO, uh, Secretary General, this is the organization that's going to send in the, uh, uh, the, the Russian troops. They say redeployment of um, all peacekeeping units to Kazakhstan should be completed tomorrow. Uh, and they say that um, the operation will be completed within a few days. I'm assuming that when the Russians say that the operation will be completed in a few days, they're going to dispatch everybody. And that's going to be the end of that that insurrection. Uh, and then they're going to go home. The, the Russians have said that they're going to leave once the operation's completed. And they say that it'll be over in a few days. That can only mean one thing. Yes, comrade. Those are all terrorists. They're all <laughs> a threat to the nation. They must yeah. be purged. Uh-huh. Uh, so that that's that's the step or that's the stance that they're going to take now. Uh, and of course, you see here, Bruce, I got some photos here. This is uh, these are the Russians that are now landing in uh, Kazakhstan and they're offloading the uh, the Antonov aircrafts now uh, with. Well, quite frankly, that's uh, those are the peacekeeping forces. Uh, <laughs> they're going to they're going to be uh, in and out of there in a few days. Uh, and they say that peace will be restored. Yes. For the listener, those are a bunch of. Uh... Some logistics vehicles, some armored vehicles, those, those types of things. But anyway, uh, that's uh, that's what's going on over there. But now I think when we start to look at the uh, the raw materials, now, now that's starting to make a little more sense. It's starting to look like two and two is equaling four. Uh, yeah. You know what? When a nation is producing more than the top five put together and they're having, uh, you know, uh, uh-huh. issues. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Just right on time. They just happen to be having uh-huh. issues. Uh, I don't want to uh, I, I don't want to really get into this because uh, we've only got a couple of minutes here. Uh, so Novak Djokovic, the tennis player, the professional tennis player, the world's number one. He had a visa to get into Australia. He's not vaxxed. 
And of course, everybody on the tennis court has to be vaxxed. And professional tennis players have been collapsing on the court. That hasn't really been in the news, but it's the same thing as uh, what's going on with the uh, the footballers. Not quite in as many numbers, but tennis players. And you have got to be the, to play tennis like this. You have got to be in top shape. I mean, you have good shape. Yeah, you, you've got to be. I mean, to, to be a tennis player, man, that that is that is very taxing on the body. And the world's number one says, no, I'm not getting vaxxed. So he got an exemption. He has a medical exemption, got an exemption and got his visa from the uh, the Australian government. And of course, he's going down to Victoria, where Dan Andrews is at. And uh, this is the same guy that said, I'm not taking lectures on freedom. Yeah, see that guy right there. He's not he's not taking lectures today because he's he's just he's too busy. He doesn't have time for that. So he got his uh, got his exemption to get in the country. As soon as he lands, uh, well, the visa got revoked. Now, he was standing right next to two other tennis players that got visas from the same visa office. So it's and they got right through. So it's not like there's a problem here. Djokovic was taken immediately to the immigration detention center where he's being held. Straight to the gulag. Yeah, right. Right into the gulag. There's been uh, there's been tennis players that have uh, stood on his behalf. There have been fans that showed up down there uh, to to stand outside and, and show him support. Uh, and nobody knows what's going on in there. Uh, God only knows. It's probably deplorable conditions. Uh, but the uh, well, I guess. Well, no, I guess it can't be. Quite, it can't be as as good as the Howard Springs facility, which is the gold standard because they've had rappers and footy stars stay up there, right? Can't, can't be anything like that. That's the gold standard of facilities in Australia, in all of Australia. So it can't be as good as that one. Of course not. Of course, it's so wonderful. You actually have people escaping to get out of there. But. He's had some critics. He's, he's had some critics, one of which was uh, Rafael Nadal. I'm not, I'm not going to play this because he's speaking in Spanish and not a lot of our listeners are going to understand that. But basically, he's saying that he's down there for the tournament. He's also saying to uh, Novak Djokovic, he says, if people say we need to get vaccinated, we need to get the vaccine. Follow the rules. That's what he's saying. He's saying it in Spanish, but I'm just translating here. So that's his standpoint. And at the same time, you have the first match. The first match of the Australian Open. You know, I used to watch that tournament. That's a big tournament. That is a Grand Slam tournament. You want to watch the tournament like that, along with the U.S. Open and um, uh, and uh, it's, it's Wembley, the, the one that they have at uh, uh, in in the U.K. That's that's the other one, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So you you want to watch those three tournaments? If I mean, even if you don't like tennis, those are good matches to watch. But he's down there for this tournament. The tournament starts. The first match of the tournament, they had to stop it. Because the first player that was on the court had cardiac issues, had breathing problems, so they had to stop the match. I kind of okay. I, I I won't say I won't I won't say the part, but uh, I, I'll I'll just say um, karma. That, that that's what I'll leave it at. You're demanding that someone get a vaccine, an experimental drug. Okay, it's not a vaccine, it's an experimental drug, and you're demanding they get it or they lose their livelihood again. You tried this any other time in history, you know, over the last, what, 100 years or so, we've been relatively peaceful uh, as far as the human race is concerned. I don't know how far you can push them. Uh, everybody likes the convenient lifestyle that we have, but there's a breaking point. There's a tipping point. I, I'm, I'm not sure that that's, that's not what they want at this point. Uh, they being the elite, because then they can, uh, you know, just as China is doing, you know, you're running out of food. Well, economies are going to collapse. Uh, you're going to have... Um, you're gonna have some turmoil. So, what, what what's a good way to solve those? Not really a good way. What's a what's a way to solve all those problems? An easy way to solve all those problems? Just reduce your populations and get rid of the ones that are going to be the troublemakers. So, why not uh, why not stir up some dust now and uh, try to see if you can uh, root out those troublemakers? 
that I'm not sure that's not what's going on right now. That seems to be the play that that they're making. I mean, with Macron's statement, yeah, he's not talking like that autonomously. It's not happening. It's not happening. Ideologically, they're poking people in the eye is what they're doing. Ideologically and 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 culturally and morally, they're they're poking people in the eye, saying, "What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You going to do something? You probably should do something." That's what they want you to do. I don't know. Uh, I'm watching what's going on here. Uh, the uh, the protests are getting very large over here. Every I know I say that all the time, but they're now happening every day, as in like in in ev- in like hundreds of German cities. Every day they're happening now, and they're getting bigger in the town squares every day in each one of these cities. It's almost creepy. So I think we're on the right track. I, I really do think we're on the right track. We're slow moving, but we're on the right track. All right, um, we are going to go. Uh, thank you for being here today, Bruce. For anybody that has any feedback for us, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line. We have an email open for that. It's at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a fantastic evening.